Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. My name is Linda Ballesteros and I'm your host today. I'm so glad you're here. I don't say this often enough, but thank you for spending some time with me because, you know, time is that one commodity that you can't get back. So it's very precious. So when someone spends time with you, be sure to thank them. So today we're talking about locksmith. Every week I bring you a show that spotlights a different industry within franchising because I want you to know it's not just burgers and fries. And you may think locksmiths isn't that kind of archaic or really not needed as much. Well, actually not. Uh, Today's locksmith, they take care of so much more than just replacing the old keys or damaged locks and keys. Um, if you, you realize that we are becoming more and more sophisticated with our home security. So there's more needs for residential smart locks, keyless entries, audio and video intercoms, and so much more in the residential field. So this also means that the commercial needs have become so much more sophisticated as well. So today we're going to be talking to Jeff Batchelder, and he is with Flying Locksmith. They've actually been around since 1950. Can you believe that? So Jeff has been um, been a franchise consultant and franchise development expert for the last 10 years. He was instrumental in helping bring, <clears throat> excuse me, the Flying Locksmith from a Boston-based locksmith business to a highly respected franchise system with 90 franchise owners and 244 territories sold in just four years. So help me in welcoming Jeff Batchelder. Hey, Jeff, good to have you on the show. Hi, Linda. What a fantastic lead-in. You really did your homework. (laughs) Great job. I always do. I always do. I'd like to know what's going on in the industry. So when we talk about, you know, the Flying Locksmith has been around since 1950. Jeff, I have to say that the needs back then were probably so much different than they are today. So tell me a little bit about that evolution. And I know that you've only been franchising for four years. And why did you decide to franchise? Yeah, uh, great question. Yeah, this is actually a third-generation family business, and, uh, and Grandpa McManaman, if you will, uh, that's the family name that still owns the business today, You know, came back from World War II, uh, decided, hey, I need to do something now, and started a locksmith business out of the back of a World War II surplus Jeep, and and you're right. Back then, it was cutting keys and installing, you know, door handles. Uh, that has changed quite a bit over the years. That that business isn't really recognizable today. Uh, now, with this third generation of McMenamins uh, owning and operating uh, the business, 
really into all manners of access control. The industry is still referred to as locksmiths, but that access control terminology is starting to come into play. And as you talked about, so many different types of technologies, whether they're touchpad or card readers or smartphone activated, um, with with our business, Flying Locksmiths, we take care of every all the uh, extra products around a doorway as well, uh, whether it's door openers and closers, intercom systems, security cameras, uh, um, secure hinges, and uh, those types of things really expand the product offering and, and the revenue potential. So what happened through the years uh, really, the business you see today, the franchise business you see today, is about eight years old. That's when they started focusing more on the commercial space, taking a different look at how this business operates and giving a, a higher touch customer service, more professionalism. You know, it, it's an industry that kind of grew up maybe lacking some of those things, um, and and so in doing that, they started working with a lot of national brand names in the Boston area and over and over we're hearing hey we love what you guys are doing we'd like to use you in this city we'd like to use you in this city we'd like to use you in this city over and over um, and hearing that they tried different things like you know trying to subcontract work with with the uh, locksmith companies in other cities trying to uh, acquire locksmiths and really found that neither those models was going to work for them. They couldn't control quality. They couldn't provide the same level of service. And in doing that, had reached out to uh, Dennis Mulgannon and I and said, hey, we want to expand franchising as, as another possible growth mechanism. And we started those discussions now, gosh, probably six and a half, seven years ago. We, we talked to them almost for two years in really diving into the business and understanding it, trying to make sure it was going to be applicable in the franchise space. And then finally, about four years ago, we launched a franchise, as, as you had mentioned, uh, we, and, and we currently have 90 franchise owners, and a lot of our franchise owners own you know, multiple territories. Uh, we were just ranked number two in uh, Entrepreneur Magazine's uh, top new franchise, which is any franchise newer than five years old. Um, right. so that was a pretty impressive ranking along the way. So that kind of brings it all the way from uh, you know when we launched uh, three generations ago to where we are today. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, there has to be um, at some point where you say we're and, and I know that you mentioned that there was a, that demand, but how did you prepare yourself mentally and and business and um, set the business up in a way that it was duplicatable more than just, you know, 50 miles away, that there has to be a point where you go, we are not even ready for franchising. What do we have to do? Oh yeah, exactly right. Cause it, you know, and we'll do this with any business we're looking to franchise, but we start looking at, you know, the industry itself, you know, is there a market mm-hmm. opportunity here? And, and, and the locksmith access control market is about $37 billion annually in the U S so big market opportunity. What's the rest of the industry look like? And, and when we looked into that very fragmented, you know, independent players here and there, uh, a lot of, uh, uh just in, uh, you know, Maybe a locksmith company has two or three vans, but the owner's driving a van. Um, so, it, you know, similar to other trade-type businesses that have been franchised over the years, 
and we saw so we saw a real opportunity there. We can start providing a higher level of professionalism and customer service in a uniform fashion through doing things like you know obviously branding and marketing across uh, training all the locksmiths to provide similar service, doing things like a national call center so you know companies don't have to you know play dialing for dollars to find someone to solve their problem. They make one call and bam, they're taken care of. Uh, investing in things like volume purchase agreements through our vendors, uh, you know, so our vans come from you know one leasing program. Our tools, equipment, inventory come from the largest wholesale co- distributor in North America, and and you start putting all those systems in place. So then an owner comes in, and none of our owners are from the industry, by the way. They're just from a mix of different you know business backgrounds. Because we don't want our owners doing the the you know the technical work. We want our owners focusing on market development and managing the business, but then putting in training programs to teach them what they need to know to you know own, operate, and grow one of these businesses. So all of those things had to go in place, and 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 that was a lot of why you know we started conversations and didn't launch the franchise for two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, you don't just flip the switch and. You know, the next morning you wake up and you're you're searching for um, prospective franchisees. So tell me a little bit <laughs> so about franchisees and who who do you look for? I know that you mentioned that you're not necessarily looking for a technician. A technician mm-hmm. can be hired and trained. So as a franchise or who makes a good franchisee for you? Who is a good person to to take your business and run with it? Sure. Um, great question. And, and we do have people from just about every walk of life, whether it's high tech or Wall Street or medical or insurance or real estate. You know, we've, we do have owners from everything. The one thing the very successful ones have is, is they're a bit of an extrovert. They're people that are willing to get out and network in the community, build relationships. Uh, this is very much a, a shake hands and build relationships kind of market development plan. Um, because we're targeting that B2B space, we know we can go out, talk to property management companies, talk to developers, get involved in the Chamber of Commerce. And while a business may not need these products or services today, they will next month or the month after. Uh, you can't really do that kind of market development if you're chasing residential and auto because that's kind of more of a hit or miss one time only. But the uh, the uh, B2B space is full of repeat business. And so that's the one attribute we do need in an owner, someone that, you know, if they're an introvert, <laughs> introvert and they're going to sit in the office and wait for people to come to them, this is the wrong business. You know, they've right. got to be willing to get out and do some of that networking and build relationships. Sure, sure. Now, does do you also um, do the franchisees also have a brick and mortar for the flying locksmith? Only uh, a very small, light commercial space to run the business from. So there's no retail or storefront as a part of this, but we recommend about 400 square feet of light commercial space. And there's kind of three purposes: somewhere to meet your your staff in the morning. Uh, somewhere to store a little bit of inventory. And we don't carry a lot of inventory, about $12,000, because we have very good just-in-time uh, uh, access to our products. And then um, kind of the third one is so that you have a commercial address, you'll show up on Google search. Sure. Uh, you know, if you have a residential address, that gets filtered out a lot. So, so mm-hmm. we say don't spend a lot of money. Customers are not coming there, but you will need some kind of commercial address to run the business from. 
Sure, sure. And when you talk about training earlier, tell me a little bit more about the training you provide for your new franchisees and how their technicians get trained as well. Oh, good, great question. Yeah, and there's different paths there, as you might imagine. So someone goes through the whole discovery process, they sign a franchise agreement, they immediately start working with our training and ops team on the ramp-up activities. And there's a very detailed, you know, 60 to 90 day program week by week of here's everything that needs to happen. Do these things in this order, and we're gonna you're gonna be up and running in 90 days with with a new coming in the door. Um, and and along the way, they're doing some remote learning on about products and terminology. You know, we're not gonna turn them into a you know a locksmith technician, and they're not gonna need that level of detail. But they do need to understand products and terminology and those kinds of things. Right before the owner is ready to open, they're going to come out to Boston and spend a week, you know, kind of more classroom training, learning software systems, more talk about market development, what, when, where, and why. And then we turn around the next week and come out and spend a week in their territory in the field. And we're just going to, you know, go with them and start visiting businesses in their in the territory and, under, you know, walk them through that relationship building and how to do all that. Um, and then that's followed up with a lot of ongoing support. Um, our, our sales and marketing development group is very active. There's webinars and sales calls and something all the time going on. So uh, franchisees are not on their own once training's over. Now, from a, a, lot, a technician point of view, there's a different track. You know, people will come to us with at least a basic locksmith uh, certification. There's a national certifying body. It's a trade, kind of like being an electrician or a plumber. So they'll have at least that base certification. Then we're going to give them technical training, really covering the types of products and services we see in that B2B space where where we play mostly. Um, and, and the same thing, you know, training uh, both at out in our company location, the more training in their territory, and then the same thing with a lot of ongoing technical support. Um, so there's two different training tracks for those folks because they're doing different things, but uh, very accomplished at getting people where they need to go to be successful in the business. So when a uh, a new franchisee is getting ready to launch and, and the owner has gone through the training and the next step is to find a technician, is that something that you help them to to source? Yeah, we do. Uh, we'll get involved and help them with, uh, you know, sample job descriptions, sample advertising postings, where to do some of their recruiting we do national recruiting as well, so a lot of times we'll get, you know, resumes or inquiries from, uh, you, you know, a technician in the area, and we push those out to the, you know, appropriate franchise owner, of course. And then when we find people, we'll help with interviewing and doing technical assessment. Uh, you know, we, we've realized our franchise owners can interview someone, you know, from a personality point of view and see if they've got a good match there. But, you know, our franchise owners aren't going to be able to interview from a technical assessment. So we'll take care of that piece of it as well. Um, you know, and, and we are hiring skilled people. So, you know, this isn't mm -hmm. uh, just put an ad on Craigslist and have 25 people apply the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, we are mm -hmm. hiring skilled labor. So we've got to go out and, and do some recruiting and chase after them. Um, it takes a little bit of work, but it's also never stopped us from getting people hired and getting the mm -hmm. franchise up and running. Sure. Sure. You know, when you when you talk about launching a a brand new 
location, a new territory, and um, someone comes in and they're interested in opening up a new territory, what kind of costs are involved in that, Jeff, where they would want to plan ahead to make sure that they have um, the, the money going forward so that they don't, you know, end up coming up short at some point? Sure, sure. Yeah, we, um, and of course, you, you find more detail on this in our franchise disclosure document, but, you know, we tell people plan on total startup costs in the range of 180 to 280, 180,000 to 280,000, the variable there being the size of the territory they decide to purchase. Now, our minimum territory is 500,000 people, so we're even our minimum territories are big territories in sure. terms of franchising. Um, and within that $180,000, we have $75,000 of operating capital built in there. So we put a very realistic operating capital number in those startup costs. And then it d- includes everything else, of course, your your down payment on your vans, your tools and equipment, your inventory, uh, business insurance, rent on your location, travel to Boston for training, miscellaneous legal and accounting. So we have all of that stuff in there. So when we talk startup costs, we're talking about true startup costs. You know, you're not going to have to go back to the well and go, whoops, I need more money. Right, right, exactly. So when they get started, um, just the owner and a technician, it sounds like, would be enough to get started. Um, at one point, do they, does the owner say, you know, maybe I need another technician? Do you help them in um, assessing that and making sure that they stay on top of the growth? Yeah, and in our internal, we've developed an internal proprietary uh, customer management system that is scheduling logistics, inventory, you know, all-encompassing. And they'll know when they start seeing their schedule full, say, 75% of the time for a couple weeks in a row, it's time to start looking for that next locksmith Mm because it's going to take several weeks to get someone hired. Typically, they're going to need their second person month four, month five. You know, the mm-hmm. person's too busy at that point. They're going to need a third person month 12, month 13. They're going to mm-hmm. need a fourth one after their second year, and so on. You know, they just keep growing. Uh, the beauty is you you add staff and you add a van <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when the business dictates it. So you don't have a huge upfront investment. We say, you know, you're not going to start with four vans. You're not, you know, you're not going to start with three technicians. You know, you start and then you start growing over time as the business grows. And, and of course, some franchisees are going to grow faster than what I just said, and some will grow a little slower. But that's been fairly typical time, time frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff, we need to take a real quick commercial break. When we come back, could you tell us some stories of maybe some of your your franchisees that have come on board with success stories and how they got through it? Because clearly you've got plenty of stories to, to dip into, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Great. Well, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be hearing more about the Flying Locksmith. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with a BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898, or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. 
Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day -day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Linda Biastetos is your host on All Things Franchising, where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on all things franchising. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Biastetos, and we're talking to Jeff Batchelder. Excuse me for stumbling on that, Jeff. Jeff Batchelder, and he is with Flying Locksmith. So at the commercial break, I asked if you had some stories that you could share with us, Jeff. Yeah, definitely. And, and by the way, you didn't stumble on that at all. <laughs> There's a lot of letters there, so people tend to look at it and go, ah, but you did great. Thank you. You know, we've had some interesting backgrounds of folks that have come in and just done stellar. And, and keeping in mind, you know, we started franchising four years ago, and so our, our longest operating franchisees are at their three-year mark, you know, so they don't have a ton of runtime yet. But, uh, you know, we've got uh, a gentleman, and I, I, I won't share names. I'm not sure they want me to do right. that. But, sure. you know, from, a, you know, a director of sales in the health industry, selling, you know, software to the health solutions management, it, you know, pretty much as far as from uh, locksmithing as you could imagine, right? Um, extremely successful in, in the Florida marketplace. Uh, someone that you know, definitely struggled early on. It, it was different, and they were used to doing things different in, in their, you know, their world where they came from that uh, health management software uh, world and really took, you know, a few months to get their feet underneath them and go, okay, different mindset, different thinking here, different way of doing things, but uh, is really one of our top franchisees now. Um, his his franchise unit uh, does pretty 
pretty close in revenue to what our company-owned uh, unit does wow. in revenue in, after, in just three years. Um, so, you know, one, one example, we've got another gentleman in, in the Arizona market. Um, actually, also a high-tech background, but in enterprise software, uh, you know, web solutions and those kinds of things. So different, different kind of person, in, but more not in sales, but was in the marketing side of it. Uh, also very interesting, you know, came in obviously with no notions of this business. And, and sometimes what we found is people that don't necessarily think they know anything about it are better adopters of the system mm-hmm. versus, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you'll get someone that goes, yeah, I, I've got some experience in here and they want to do things their own way <laughs> rather than, you know, adopt the system. But another one that uh, it's possible this year could, you know, eclipse uh, the revenue generated from our company owned location that's been in operation for years and years and in their third year. So, you know, and that's on the other end of the country in the Phoenix market. So, so yeah, we've, Definitely got people from from various backgrounds doing different things that uh, also very, you know, as long as they're willing to come in and go, hey, I'm going to adopt this system, um, they can take it and apply their own skills to it and be very successful. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is one of the reasons that someone does consider franchising over starting their own business is it's a proven system. So they're more successful if they do just plug into the system, right? Right. And, and not just our franchise, but a lot of franchises mm-hmm. will say, hey, we just assume people don't have any industry experience. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want them coming in with preconceived notions because we want to, you, you know, we want a, a blank slate. We want to teach them everything. Here's how we do it. Here's, uh, you know, and, and when they can, you know, let down their guard and, and absorb that, then then yeah, they can be very successful. Mm-hmm. So the it, it, do you see that that most of your successful franchisees are more focused on the commercial rather than residential business? Yeah, yeah, we and and that's across the system. Um, we won't turn our nose up at residential and mm-hmm. auto business. It's just not a market we chase after because. You know, you can't go out and build relationships in that. Uh, you've got to advertise and compete on price. And and then you wind up doing the exact same thing the other 25 locksmith companies are doing in your marketplace. By by focusing on the commercial space, you know, we can proactively go out and build relationships. And while that takes time, it's nowhere near as expensive as ad- advertising is expensive. Absolutely. Um, and... In the commercial space, there's so much repeat business versus, you know, if you go put a lock on someone's door or maybe get them out of their car, they're locked out. That's a one time. You know, you're probably never seeing that customer again. But, you know, a lot of our commercial businesses, they've got employee turnover and that drives a visit. They've got, you know, something's broken and needs repaired or needs service and that drives a visit or they've decided to upgrade to some new technologies, and that drives a visit. And, of course, we do new construction as well. But because of that, and then the the uh, size of the jobs is much, much bigger. I was pointing this out to someone. We were, I think we were in a conference room, and there was two big, you know, double doors with, you know, crash bar door openers and uh, secure locks on top and bottom and kick plates on there. And I said, you know, to install those doors with all the hardware and everything else, uh, this is a twelve or thirteen thousand dollar installation. 
that's why we yeah. like commercial, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. versus a you know one or two hundred dollar job. Uh, so, sure. yeah, we definitely do some residential and auto work. We just don't chase after it. Mm-hmm. So if you if you are going into a commercial business, um, does that owner does the uh, flying locksmith owner have to be more of a consultant and take on that consultant role as well? Because that commercial business may not even know what they need. Exactly right. You know, and that's where a lot of our training and ongoing training and support is around solutions on the marketplace. You know, I'll use COVID-19 as a great example. Uh, our, our operations and sales team quickly pivoted when this, you know, became a part of our new reality and said, hey, one of the things we need to talk to people about is touchless door opening, you know, where people can go and not put their hand on the door handle, you know, mm-hmm. activate it by a smartphone, have a foot pull on it. Um, believe it or not, there's anti- antimicrobial coatings that we can put on handles and doors now. Uh, so we quickly pivoted to those kinds of things, and that's certainly a consultative type of operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, had, we've had things where uh, people went to a building – and walked in and, and walked into a conference room, you know, with, the, of course, they're flying locksmith shirt on, and there's a conference going on, and people are going, who are you? And, hey, I'm, I'm a flying locksmith, and uh, wanted to just let you know this isn't a very secure facility. I walked in the front door and walked in, uh-huh. I'm in your conference room. And, uh, okay. and, you know, I, I'm, I'm making this a little shorter story than it actually was, but you can imagine that got some people's attention right away, like, holy cow, someone can just walk into our facility, you know, and um, so, yeah, it, let's talk about how to solve that problem for you, right? Then, then that becomes the next uh, solution there. We also have an extremely large national accounts program that, you know, our businesses we've already developed relationships with and have, so when a new franchisee launches in their area, they're going to absorb all the national account revenue in that territory right away to help them get going as they start doing some of that local market uh, networking. Linda, not sure if you can hear me, but I think I've lost you. Jeff, can you hear me now? Oh, I can. You're back there. Okay, very good. Sorry about that. A little technical difficulty there. But I am sure that, you know, having some one of your people just walk in and uh, show them how their security, their secure um, space was not quite that secure anymore. Jeff, if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, you know, I think I'd like to know more about that, how would they get in touch with you and find out more about uh, Flying Locksmith and the opportunities there? The e- absolute easiest thing to do is just go to flyinglocksmiths.com, go to the franchise section, and there's you know franchise overview information there, and they can submit their form, and that's going to come directly to me. If they'd like to reach out and just you know by phone or email, that my uh, direct phone number is one eight seven seven 
222-3722 or Jeff B, G-E-O-F-F-B, at flyinglocksmiths.com. All of those options will work, but probably the easiest one is straight from the website. Yeah, very good. Well, we are down to those final three questions. And the first question is, and some of these things we may have already covered a bit, uh, if there's someone listening right now who's considering considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for that process? Um, I, I and, and this is more in generic terms, but all, rather than just specific to flying locksmiths, but they should really think about what it is they're looking to get out of business ownership. Uh, so often people take a look at owning a business because it's a product or service they like, and that might be an okay reason, but you really need to take a step back and think about what am I, what, what do I want out of this? What are things I enjoy doing? What are things I don't enjoy doing? You know, what are my long-range plans? Um, and, and think in terms of that and then start trying to match up a, a franchise business that hits on those attributes rather than just being – you know, sometimes someone will say to me, hey, I just want the franchise that I can make the most money in. I don't care what it is. And and, and I'm like, well, you can make money in any of them if you're good at it. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, that's so you, you got to step back and go, let's think about the attributes you're looking for and then find a, a franchise business that matches those mm-hmm. attributes. Yeah, yeah, very good point because um, they, any of them, can, you can make money at any of them, just like you said, but there's also work involved. Just because you've mm-hmm. got a franchise uh, recognizable brand doesn't mean that you get to sit home and um, continue to eat those bonbons and have the money come in because it doesn't <laughs> actually work that way, does it, Jeff? So true, yeah. If you don't <laughs> like doing the work, you're not going to make the money. So, yeah, you've got yeah. to match that up. Yeah, definitely. So the second question is, and I think we touched on a little bit of this earlier, what are the two traits that make a successful franchisee? Uh, willingness to follow the system. You you know, do your due diligence on the franchise you're looking for. Talk to the owners, you, you know, other franchise owners. Make sure you understand their day in the life. You know, talk to the franchise or make sure you understand what they're saying is, you know, here's a system and skills and attributes you need to have. And then have that willingness to adopt it. You know, uh, I'll, I'll tell another quick story. I've had franchi- you know, potential franchisees over the years that you know, start looking at a franchise and immediately get in it and then go, oh, by the way, I want to do this differently. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're going, scratching your head a little bit going, mm, there's a system here in place. Um, yeah. So willingness to adopt that is really probably the, the most critical one. You've, you've got to do that due diligence, understand what the business is, and then be willing to follow the system. Yeah, definitely. And I know that you also mentioned earlier, especially for your owners, they need to be in the community. So they certainly need to be outgoing and need to be not necessarily an extrovert where they have to be, um, you know, in the spotlight all the time, but certainly being able to have conversation with people. Exactly. Yeah, this, uh, you know, flying locksmiths would not be a good business for someone that, you know, very much is an introvert and doesn't want to talk to anybody. You've got to be willing to, you know, get out there, do some networking, build some relationships and, and be comfortable talking to business owners. Um, you, that, that That's critical for sure. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Well, the last question here is, uh, you've been in franchising for a while. What does the future of franchising look like? 
You know, it <laughs> it's funny. Every once in a while, you'll hear something that says, "Hey." Uh, we're headed the other way. Franchising is going to slow down. It, it's such a large sector of the economy today. Um, I don't really see it slowing down. In fact, uh, one of my daughters that's quite a bit younger is thinking about getting in the business, and uh, certainly I would not encourage her to do so if I thought, you know, there's a five-year runway here and then the business is going to slow down. Um, I, I think we're, we're going to keep going for a long way. Um, there's there's several drivers of that, of course, right? Uh Baby boomers, who there's still a lot of us in the workforce, have kind of gotten that, hey, I've, I've been doing the same thing for 20, 25 years. I thought I was going to retire when I'm 50 or 55. Now I'm 50 or 55, and I realize I can't retire. I'm going to work another 20 years. I don't want to keep doing what I was doing. I want to do something else. And franchising is a great outlet for them to, you know, what is, you know, career 2.0 look like? Because they don't have to start from scratch. They can go in and adopt a system. We're seeing more and more entrepreneurship in younger people as well, uh, where 25 years ago, you know, maybe, you know, 20 and 30-year-olds were looking for a good job. And now we're seeing 20 and 30-year-olds thinking, I want to own a business. And, right. and that's going to continue to drive things forward. Um, so I, I think the future is pretty bright. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And it's good to hear that young people are stepping up and wanting to do more than just have a job. So that, that's great um, to hear that as well. So well, as, I, as I think corporate talking, America kind of forced that on them, right? Well, and, you know, the, corporate the America hasn't been too kind to employees in the last 15 <laughs> years. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So true, so true. So as we wind down here, Jeff, um, would you mind giving your information out one more time if somebody is listening and they have some interest in finding out more about Flying Locksmith? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, direct phone number is 1-877-222-3722. And email is jeffb, G-E-O-F-F-B, at flyinglocksmith.com. Lovely. Jeff, it's been great having you on the show today. I'm really excited about hearing uh, the the success that Flying Locksmith has had. And um, it, it sounds like a great, solid company for someone to align themselves with. Well, thank you so much, Linda. It was my pleasure. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much. So, folks, I, what, I leave you with a quote. Every, every at every show. So today's quote kind of follows some of the, um, the some of the the twists and turns that Jeff had mentioned that Flying Locksmith had faced, and that is um, you can't do today's job with yesterday's method and be in business tomorrow. Now that was unknown, and I'm telling you what, I would love to to claim that one for myself. Let me say that to you one more time. You can you can't do today's job with yesterday's method and be in business tomorrow. Again, folks, thanks so much for being with me today on All Things Franchising. Hope to see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.